0: This is Jets at Noon with Cameron Poitras and Jim Toth on 680-CJOB.
1: I mean, you know, every game is important, like, obviously. Like, you want to win, but, like, it's something extra when it's a division game. Like, you know it. It could be a four-point difference if you win that game clean. So, I mean, obviously, you – I mean, there's a little extra spark of energy you get every central game.
0: Fourth-line center for the Winnipeg Jets, David Gustafson there. Uh, yesterday, before the Winnipeg Jets headed off on the road, there in Minn. Well, they're going to be. I'm not sure where they're, they're practicing or doing the morning skate. I'm assuming it's going to be at the XL Energy Center in St. Paul, but I don't know. The cities, the, the people from Minnesota, Jim Toth, are very sensitive about the differences between St. Paul and Minneapolis, and I, or all the other little suburbs. I think there's St. Louis. I think that's where um, Blake Wheeler's from. There, there's like Cedar Park. There's a bunch. It's like a very there's a bunch of little cities in inside the the twin cities.
2: Where is that three M stop on the PJ tour? That's where Blake Wheeler's from. Like it's in Plymouth, he's well
0: he's from it says Wheeler's here from Plymouth.
2: I Minnesota. think so. Yeah. It's um it's weaved in between all these houses and a neighborhood, the course itself, and, and I believe that's the neighborhood that Blake Wheeler grew up in or yeah, something. But yeah, they they are very specific about it. It's like St. Paul, this, the Twin Cities, that. Um, you know, how wow. do you, how do you get to Sneaky Pete's? Oh, don't go there anymore. Why? What? Oh, yeah. So now you're over here. Oh, okay.
0: Blaine, Blaine. Blaine. Blaine is where the uh, 3M Championship was on the PGA. Blaine. Blaine, which is a suburb. Well,
2: of maybe that's not his neighborhood. I don't know. Uh, who, I just knows? Heard that, yeah, who knows? Yeah, it it's all. It's all. Who? Guy, it's, yeah. It doesn't matter.
0: You're all. You're all from. Min, well, I can't say that. I remember uh, uh, Kevin Shivel day off. I think it was the very first Winnipeg Jets drafts where they announced the name. Uh, Mark Scheifele was taken seventh overall, and I was pr- pretty sure um, Kevin Shiveldayoff went up there and he said, uh, "So happy to be in Minneapolis," and he got booed because they were in St. Paul at the XL Energy right, Center. It wasn't yes. Minneapolis; it was St. Paul, and they got he got booed for it.
2: Yes, I remember that. The last time, so this would have been I, I don't know five, six years ago, I went, um, we had some contest winners in another life and I went down to the Excel energy center with them. And, um, it's like, I'm used to downtown Minneapolis. I'm used to where the, the target field is where I go see a, a Timberwolves game. And Sneaky Pete's, of course. But I was told then, the point is this, is you don't go to Sneaky Pete's anymore. That neighborhood's changed and things are, you're in St. Paul now at the XL Energy Center. And I I love that arena. Like, that arena was built right. The concourse is huge. It's a beautiful building. But yeah, I I get confused every time. Like, and, and the worst is at the border. They're like, where are you going? You're going to Minnesota to see a wild game. And they're like, where like in Minneapolis. They don't play in Minneapolis, and then you're in trouble <laughs> right there. Right? You're like, they're funny about that. Well, St. Paul then? I don't know. And they're like, what are you going to? A Raiders game? And you're like, what? No, I'm going to a wild it, game. What? M- my mom's
0: best friend lives in, in St. Cloud, actually in Stern County outside of St. Cloud, and um, uh, she said that they just say the cities just to make it easier. The easy. cities, yeah. So they just go, so I say that now or when I try to be fancy, and like I'm like, yeah, see, listen, Minnesotans, I know what
2: I'm talking about. And Saint, I just go the cities. And St. Cloud is a haul from from the cities. Like it's I mean, it's not a long it's haul, like, but it's it's, it's like not, an hour
0: and a half, I think. Maybe they, a little bit. They call bit it less. a
2: sub- suburb, but I'm like, well, if Brandon's a suburb of Winnipeg, then yeah, but that's like I never understood that either. St. Cloud State and and where St. Cloud is. I had to spend a night in St. Cloud because we're buddy and I were going down to a twins game on our way to do like several stops around the Midwest for baseball games and driving down, got a text that are you in Minnesota right now and we're like not quite yet. Turn on the radio and that's when the bridge went down. (laughs) And so we just after like 20 minutes came up to St. Cloud and like I think maybe we'll just stay in St. Cloud tonight (laughs) because... That's the bridge went down, the ball games were canceled, then wow. we were picking up a buddy there and we actually just picked him up on he came to St. Cloud and then we started heading towards Milwaukee. That, now, that means nothing to Jets listeners right now. I'm sorry I told that story, yeah. but that's my experience with St. Cloud and how far it is from the city. Yeah, about an
0: hour uh, from downtown St. Cloud uh to uh to the XL Energy Center there in St. Paul uh hour and Thirteen minutes. So it's, it's it's like a it's it's a drive. It's a drive.
2: So you're out in traffic, and all of a sudden you're going to a Coyotes game. <laughs> yes, it's, it's exactly the <laughs> same.
0: Uh, the Winnipeg Jets and the Minnesota Wild get going. Uh, pre-game starts going at four o'clock. A puck drop at six. An earlier start, I have to assume, um, because of uh, American Thanksgiving. I, I I don't. I think this is technically a, a day on the work calendar, but I, I'm pretty sure it's the ultimate write it in day in the United States. Um, I I always have Thanksgiving envy. I I love how they do Thanksgiving. I wish we did it. Um, obviously similar, uh, where we get like a Thursday and a Friday and stuff like that. And it's a short week, but you know, say la vie, that's such as life. We have our own Thanksgiving up here, but I, am a little jealous. I'm a little jealous of the extra day.
2: Yeah. You know, this is a day with Canada in the world cup and the jets game tonight at six. And then you got American yeah. Thanksgiving tomorrow. And then you got the jets in Dallas, American Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. And then you got another world cup game on Sunday this might just be the day that I got symptoms. <laughs> I just,
0: I've been struggling.
2: Uh, you know, and the, not only
0: that, I they're so bad I can't work from home. Absolutely, um, David Gustafson opened up with that clip um, about the Central Division. The Jets five and one so far against their Central Division opponents. They have that one lone loss to Dallas in the second game of the season. Uh, since then, they beat Dallas. They beat Chicago. They beat uh, the Coyotes. They beat a Colorado team that was. F- finding its sea legs again uh, and then of course they had that four or nothing win uh against the blues the st louis blues we're going to do our little nhl around the table they're on another heater like they had that big drop they're back um and they're they're only three points behind the jets right now for third in the central division jets 11 5 and 1 the wild 8 8 and 2 now what do you think about the Minnesota Wild? We're going to bring Jesse Pierce. Uh, she's a, a Wild Rider podcaster down there in Minnesota. Uh, she's going to join us. Uh, maybe she can help us with this whole city situation and and why they're so sensitive about it. Um, <laughs> anyways, but she's going to be joining us uh, at twelve thirty, um, and we'll get into this a little a little bit more. And and but what do you think the main issue has been? Uh, with the Minnesota wild this year and and Jim, why is it the fact that they have 12.7 million dollars in cap space? Dead cap?
2: Well, that's the main' that's, issue. that's
0: the big that's the I'm, big
2: that's the big enchilada there. That's a big greasy cheesy burrito. Here's how much I liked the Minnesota Wild last year. I had them taking out the avalanche and, and not like saying it would happen. I mean like it, when people asked me is Colorado going to win the Stanley Cup? I said if there's a team in the West that can take them out, it's the wild. The Wild played them really tough last year. I think they beat them once or twice. And the way the team was structured and who they had and the depth of it, I just, I like the Wild. And the way they played, the grinding style, Dean Evason had them playing. Mm -hmm. This year, I'm nowhere near in on the Wild. I know they're 8-8-2, but um, I I thought Kevin Kurtz, who covers the New York Islanders, and he used to cover the San Jose Sharks, this was from November 19th, so just a couple of nights ago. The Minnesota Wild, so the Islanders and the Stars were playing. And he put out the tweet covering the Islanders now. The Minnesota Wild are on the hook for $12.7 million in salary in tonight's mm. Islanders-Stars game. Yeah. I want to repeat that. The Minnesota Wild, who were playing another team that night, were on the hook for $12.7 million in salary of another game between two teams. That's the problem with them. Yeah. So I-, I knew last year, like, they kind of put this team together and made some trades to grind it out and hopefully get far in the playoffs – and now they're just, they're just fighting it. And, and I, I wonder about, and we're going to talk to Jesse about this. I like Dean Evason as a coach, but he is a bit of an older school tradition guy. He, these young players like Marco Rossi and stuff are playing six, seven minutes a night. They're playing in the bottom six when they're not healthy scratched. And they're not in the position that they're going to play in the National Hockey League. They're mm-hmm. not in the top six. They're not in the number one power play unit. And I'm, I, I'm fine with that. I'm not saying they should be. But what I am saying is if you are going to have these guys in the lineup, and they have to because of the cap, mm-hmm. then you've got to put them in positions where you've got to get somebody in your second line to go down to the third or fourth and put Marco Rossi up there and then distribute the minutes differently. Playing a, a top 10 pick in the bottom six for seven minutes a night and on the second power play unit and then healthy scratch him half the time is, and it's just all about, if he's not ready, he shouldn't be there. And if he is ready, he's got to be in a role that that he's not being asked to do. And then you have in that, well, ready or not, we got to put him in here because of our cap issues.
0: Yeah, I, I think a lot of you know the, the Wild are still a competitive team, and I think they're going to be a competitive team next year for the next two years. Uh, that two point, that uh, twelve point seven goes up to fourteen point seven, so it's even. That's an that's another two million bucks. That's a really good, solid NHLer uh, that they're going to lose over the next two years as well. Uh, and the fact that they're still a competitive team at, at you know eight eight and two, uh, they're coming off uh, just as the Winnipeg Jets are a, a win against the Carolina Hurricanes um, in overtime. Is I, I think they got some really good quality players there that have a lot of heart. I mean, they got Kirill Kaprasov, he's the star. Matt Zuccarello, I, I'm a big fan of. I'm him. I'm a
2: huge Zuccarello, B- fan.
0: big Zuccarello fan. Uh, Matt Boldy, Eric Sinek, uh, I, I like as well. And the fact that th- that they've been able to stay competitive over this period of time. Um, you know, has 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 been impressive because when you're missing 15 percent of your salary cap, I mean, I, I I mean that's that's a huge handicap that you're playing with. It, it's There's an asterisk against every game that goes into there. It's like it, it it it'll follow you, and it's going to be following them for the next couple of years.
2: So this is the other part of this. Mm-hmm. I really like Joel Eriksson I really like Matt B- Boldy. Yeah, me too. Uh, I really like Sam Steele. Um, and then we've got the Brandon native on the back end. Um, Kalen Addison, who is in his rookie year, I think is really good. Jordan Greenway has mm-hmm. some pieces. Marco Rossi I like. But this is the problem. I don't like. I love the Minnesota Wild last year. I don't like yeah. him this year, and I don't like him next year. And then after those two seasons, I think they're on their way. I think these young rookies like Rossi and Addison, yeah. along with you know Bodley, who's been injured but he's in his third year now, um, but hasn't played three years because of injury and young guys. I really like the direction of this. Um, Kirill Kaprizov will be already is one mm-hmm. of the top ten players in the league, I believe, and I think he'll be more solidified in that. Zuckerel will be at you know pretty long in the tooth, but I like the direction they're going. It's just that cap for the next two years is going to absolutely hinder them so they're going to play a lot of young talented skilled players over the next two years including this one and and they'll get to where they get to and then they're going to have cap space and going to be able to do when, something. when
0: does it come to the point where you know I, and I, i'm just looking at at the minnesota wild and they, they have they have cap space about three 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 and a half million dollars right now where does it get to the point with a guy like Marco Rossi? I mean, as you said, twenty-one years old, he's got one assist over sixteen games, got scratched against Carolina, could be again scratched tonight. We'll, we'll wait in here and we'll, we'll bring Jesse and we'll, we'll ask her that question. When does it come to the point, Jim, where? It's like, we just got to do it just for confidence sake at this point. So he can go down there and play because Marco Rossi was a, was a first, you know, he's a high draft pick for a reason because he can play. He's got a high ceiling. He's going to be a big part of this organization for many, many years to come. But when does it come to the point where it's like, man, just, just, just so that he can go out there and, and get some confidence just to let him play. Because you know what? Shane Wright on his first game in the AHL, Coachella Valley Firebird, Firebirds uh, in Calgary against the Calgary Wranglers. There, he got a goal in his first game in the AHL, and so he's you know obviously there's it's a it's it's there's it's a different situation but a similar situation, Jim. And when when do you just say this kid needs to get some confidence?
2: Yeah, I don't know. Like I yeah. and and look the the other so that is a fine line, and and it's also an interesting question with with the cap because. Like, it's, it's, I think it's a tougher question now. Is is he best served in the A? Well, we need a body and we have no cap room. And it's not like they're out of
0: it. I mean, they're, they're, so they're two points out of a playoff spot right now with Calgary.
2: To me, it's just, it's not so much that, like, so the last, he's played 14, 13. There was a game where he had 15 minutes tonight, 13. But then, you know, November 17th, he played 851. So I just, um, and I'm not saying he deserves more. I, I, I'm not saying that it's just it's that fine line of what's best for him compared to what we need and the cap. Mm-hmm. And so I just my, my bigger question with him is is why are you playing him on the fourth line? And, and you know how I feel. Like I, I think yeah. guys need to earn their, their spot in the lineup and move up the lineup. But those are guys like David Gustafson. You're a center. And and you're a two way. You have some offensive touch, but to to look at our roster to make your way up to the third line center stuff, you've got to have points and stuff. He's a guy that's a top six player. He's not a fourth line checker, mm-hmm. and he's not going to produce offense down there like this. He needs to be around offensive players. So to me, it's not so much where he plays; it's the role you have him on wherever he's playing.
0: Yeah, we'll be, we'll be right back. Jesse Pierce is going to be joining us, Wild Rider with NHL.com. We'll we'll talk about this. Um, yeah, goaltending, all kinds of stuff at the Minnesota Wild. Everything's got that asterisk. It's cap, 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 cap for the Minnesota Wild. Um, and they're not out of it. So it's like, do you keep guys around? Do you stick them around? you wait for them to come in? Because, listen, they're only two points out of a playoff spot at American Thanksgiving. We'll be right back.
2: Jets at noon on 680 CJOB.
0: Well, to say that Canadians aren't excited about the World Cup, uh going on today at one o'clock. My uncle and I are going to go catch the game. Uh, He just texted me. We're going to go to the Kingshead. It's basically
2: standing room only there. Um, yeah, you know what? I'm I'm sorry, Cam. I don't feel well right now. You know, and I think by 1:04, I just I won't be able to function. So Jeff, you've got to stay. And Jeffrey, can you just come here just a second?
0: Can you just Jeffrey? Just can you just come on
2: air. You guys want a minute? I'll just, yeah, just, just take okay. a minute. Hello. Hello. You
0: know, go, go Jeff, ahead. Uh Forche. I asked Jim if I could just leave. You know, ten minutes early, just so I could like get there for kickoff. And, uh, Fort you know what he said? He just said, You're gonna sit there and you're gonna finish the show, or I'm gonna write you up in, in a report. I and believe I,
2: I threw around the words, be professional. And I said, <laughs> But I don't wanna interrupt.
0: Yeah, just hold on one second. And I okay, said I'm to sorry. him, I said, I said, Well, Jim, I don't think you have that, I don't think you're like a manager or anything like that. And he said, Try me. And so, Did you try him? Uh, You're gonna try. No, I'm 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 here. Like it was.
2: I don't want to interrupt uh, again, uh, but oh, it was sorry. much like the Costanza quote when I said, "You want to get nuts, Poitras? <laughs> <laughs> Let's get nuts. <laughs> you want a piece of me? Uh, anyway, so I'm really and excited. And if you think I'm this- kidding.
0: Just, uh, try uh, try <laughs> just try, try me. Try him. Just try him. I just want to see what happens. Uh, anyway, so I'm I'm excited about that. I'm going to go catch the game afterwards. It's, it's going to be absolutely fantastic. I've been looking forward to this my entire life if I'm if I'm being very I, honest.
2: I have a plan and it's it's the the game will be PVRD and I will do the show, my show, which I love. I'm excited for it. A lot of great guests. Then I'm going to go home. I'm going to pick up, you know, the, my son and get dinner ready for everybody. We're going to I, I got to watch the Jets game and I'll make my notes. And then around after the post game show, around nine thirty ten 10-ish, I will view the Canada-Belgian game. And I have no doubt that I can make it that far without anyone telling me the score. Yeah, well, he's just, I, I won't say anything. I mean, I'll be listening, watching Jets you. games, and I'll be on social media, and I'll be making my notes and working, and I just sounds like a good plan. I'll be listening to the pregame, I'll be listening to the news with Rich and Julian. I have no doubt that I'll make it to about ten o'clock yeah. tonight without knowing if Canada won. That's, or That sounds like a f- really
0: fair bet. Uh, pregame show at four o'clock, puck drop at six. Here, Winnipeg Jets going up against the Minnesota Wild to talk all about that. We'll bring in our guest here, Jesse Pierce. She is a Wild writer with NHL.com as well as a podcaster of many things. Uh, Jesse, hey, thanks so much for popping back
2: on the show. Really And a massive it. Team Canada soccer fan today, Jesse. Oh, Jessie. huge. Thanks huge. for joining
3: yeah. us. Hey, I appreciate it, you guys. I'm glad you're sticking around, too. Thank you for your dedication. Yeah, uh, well... Everything. I enjoy yeah. that. Yeah,
0: North... Uh, you know, North Americans, we got to stick together a little bit every now and then, so... <laughs>
3: Always. Always.
0: <laughs> Unless we're playing against each other,
2: then it's like, get the teeth
0: out. Yeah, we're, 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 cheering. We're, we're going yeah. at each
3: other's throats. We're
2: Team North America until <laughs> we meet up in a quarterfinal, and then it's like... <laughs> Lose Jesse's I number, hate but tell now, uh,
0: uh, Jesse, I remember we had our, we had our conversation earlier this year when it, when I brought you on, um, and you, you expressed some concerns about the wild roster. You expressed concerns about how the how the cap is going to affect this, affect this team. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but do you feel exactly the same way?
3: Hundred percent. I mean, yeah. that's you know. Also, I'm just mean I'm right, which I particularly enjoy being.
0: Everybody um, loves but, being you know,
3: right. I mean, I think, <laughs> right, you're seeing kind of that cap strain as as you expected right last year to me for this minnesota wild organization was a phenomenal year a tremendous year a franchise best year no question about it but to be able to replicate that was going to be a tall order for a number of reasons not just trying to replace a kevin fiala who had 80 plus points but i mean just in general you only had so much money to play with to replace that you're having to rely on young guys who Probably aren't quite up to task for it, and uh, that's definitely been reflected so far for the
2: Minnesota Wild this season. So, Jesse, where are you with this team? And and we were getting into sort of like roles and 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 watching. Like, I understand Marco Rossi might be ready. I understand that you know um, he might be there because he's partially ready, but also because of the cap. But then I'm wondering about his usage and in the bottom four. Like, he's not really a bottom four player. Um, how do you think this team is being managed from from Coach Evanson and and even Bill Guerin because of that cap?
3: There's definitely been a lot of questions, and, and as you mentioned, especially around Marco Rossi. A first overall pick, a guy that spent last year in Iowa developing, felt that he was ready, come camp, had this confidence. Now, he's not the only player unable to score, but he is one that has been unable to find that score sheet. But, however, it's kind of that chicken-before-the-egg situation, as you mentioned. Is it because he's being misused? Um, he looks to be a healthy scratch again tonight, which would yeah. be his second straight game and uh, third game so far this season. So it's kind of like, what's the benefit to Rossi there? Not playing him, should he be back in Iowa? What do you do? Um, I think those are all fair questions, and unfortunately Dean Emson and company have been very good at evading them. I think I look at it as, well, what else can you? You can't really, there's nobody else to toy with there. There's nobody else to play with. And again, the struggles of this Minnesota Wild team certainly aren't just on Rossi. They're on a number of offensive players who just aren't producing. But he definitely is one that you would like to see get more opportunity, get more ice time. And for whatever reason, the, uh, the staff just hasn't seen it that way.
0: Yeah. It's like, you have to attach everything uh, that the Minnesota wild do is going to be, it's going to be, have to do with the cabin is, you know, when I, and I was asking Jim, we were talking about this beforehand uh, with, with Marco Rossi in terms of, you know, when, when is it in the best interest of the player just to get some confidence, maybe drop him down to Iowa, figure out what's going on there. But it's like, he's on an entry-level contract, uh, does the cap play into that decision? And, and and I guess to you as well, I mean, when does it just become like this kid's just got to get some confidence here? I mean, it's, it's, it's brutal here. We're just going to have him sitting in the press box. And I mean, how do you handle a situation like this?
3: Yeah. You know, we had the opportunity to talk to Marco yesterday, post-practice, and he kind of cut a vein open with us. You know, he feels that, he still would learn and develop better up here. And he's relayed that with the coaches and, and, you know, good on the coaching staff for keeping him in those conversations and continuing to communicate with him. Um, And they're trying, I think, to maintain his confidence, but a part of being in the national hockey league. Now every guy wants to play, but that doesn't always happen. I mean, you see a guy like Alex Galagoski, a veteran player who has been a scratch for a number of games, finally getting back in for his second straight game tonight. But, you know, I think for Marco, it is important for, him to get that playing time because he is so young. He is going to be a player that the Minnesota Wild are going to have to rely on because he's on that entry-level contract. It's not just because he is this elite talent and it's not just because he was one of their first overall picks it's because they, he's cheap and they can afford him right now, so they are going to need him to produce. So, I mean, in my opinion, if, if it were up to me, which unfortunately it never is, um, I would say if you're not going to play him, absolutely put him back down in Iowa and at least let him kind of find his group. In Iowa, he struggled to score right away down there as well. So, I mean, this isn't something... That you know, unfortunately, it seems to be a little bit of a constant with him. But I know once he gets that monkey off his back, obviously you know that confidence. Yeah, will come no, back.
0: no one wants to go back down to the A. I mean, if you're going to ask anybody in the NHL, they're always going to say like, "Listen, I'm, I'd rather stay here." Um,
2: right. Yeah. I, mean, I have yet to come across a player who said, "You know what? I think for the next two weeks, I should be in the A." <laughs>
3: I might say that, like you know what, I just need yeah. to get a break. Well, yeah. we can admit that there are days. There are days
2: like that I'm saying, you know what, I should be on the Midnight Show right now. I'm not really coming through too well, but. Um, we appreciate your time, Jesse along those lines though, like in this eight, eight and two record, I've watched maybe five wild games and, and there's only two points
0: out of it. Just to sort of interrupt you. Like, I mean, if you, if you listen to this conversation, it's like they're falling apart. They're two points out of a playoff spot. Sorry to interrupt you there. Well,
2: no, that's what I was going to go with. Like of the five games, I thought they looked really good in two or three of those. One of them was in Boston. Like I, they went toe to toe with the Bruins. Uh, And then the other games, it just seems like it's a struggle. Like, so I'm just trying to find out going into tonight's game, A, Jesse, how they match up with the Jets, but B, like, do they even know themselves what they are yet this year?
3: No, I mean, I think there's absolutely an identity crisis, you know, again, going back to last year and what they accomplished and how offensively potent they were. And that's not just on one guy. That's not just on Kevin Fiala. That's on guys like Marcus Bellino having a career year, Ryan Hartman scoring goals like he's never done before. I mean, that was on a number of different players, which, again, coming into this year was my concern, is I don't think that you could replicate that. And thus far, they've, cho- they've proven that they can't. So, I mean... They have to find that new identity. Their recent win against the Carolina Hurricanes in overtime, I think was much more along the lines of what you're going to see this Minnesota wild team be. It's not going to be sexy. It's not going to be five, six goals. It's going to be those gritty two, one games, two, zero games, going back to that very stingy uh, defense and and hope that the (laughs) of the ice can, can produce and get some goals because it seems for the Minnesota wild this year, it's one problem gets fixed and another one pops up. So for, the beginning, it was the goaltending and allowing 14 goals in the first two games, and then that was fixed. And then it was the defense was struggling, and then that's been fixed. Now the yeah. offense has to do their part, yeah. and you know, hopefully that comes along. But again, I think you're going to see a very less offensive Minnesota Wild team, much more of your your dad's Minnesota Wild team, if you will, uh, where they're just going to have to play so much tougher, so much grittier. Uh, which will make tonight's contest against Winnipeg pretty interesting.
0: Well, the people from the cities, uh, they're getting—they don't want to see their dads any uh, Minnesota Wild anymore. <laughs> they they like the Minnesota
2: Wild last year. That's not true. When i have in a Wild games, they're there we, with their dads, and they're like, "Let's kill the Jets. We can't stand them."
3: <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I mean, I personally enjoy more goals. It makes helps keep me awake yeah. in that press box once in a while. But you know, it is fun. I will say this is probably one of my favorite matchups of the year because. Man, you Jets fans travel well. I certainly do enjoy a good rivalry. It'll be great to have uh, a full building on the Wednesday before Thanksgiving here in the states, which sounds like a recipe for maybe some danger, maybe some uh, beverage consumption. But uh, it should be a, a good game. overall.
0: No, 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 not a Thanksgiving. Americans don't do that. I with mean, Thanksgiving. with the Jets and
2: it, with the Jets playing the Wild and and the Vikings playing tomorrow, I, this might be a bigger Thanksgiving for Canadians than Americans. <laughs>
3: You're
2: probably right. That's
0: probably a very fair point. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Jesse Pierce, uh, Wild Rider with the NHL.com. Uh, Jesse, thanks so much. I really appreciate it. Oh, and one more thing. We were having a discussion opening up the show um, about, uh, about Minneapolis versus uh, St. Paul and, and all the other little Bloomington and, 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 <laughs> and Robinsdale and all this other thing. Why, it's a very sensitive topic, I found, to yes. miss. miss Misplace or like to say somebody's from Minneapolis and they're from another another community. Why is that in in the cities? My my mom's <laughs> best friends from Saint Cloud and she just calls it just the cities just to make it easy. So that you, every, you bl- it's a blanket sure. statement. Everyone everyone feels okay. Why is
3: that? Us, us Minnesotans are passionate about what we can be passionate about, and that is one of them. Also, it's never mini; it's always Minnesota here. That's another little thing that people tend to like to gripe on because there's a river that divides Minneapolis and Saint Paul and the cities themselves are very different. Like St. Paul's kind of very quaint and quiet and it's on the east side of the river. You go over the Mississippi and that's Minneapolis and it's big and boisterous and, and probably more fun, frankly. I'm a St. Paul girl myself, but that's just me. Oh, that's... So anytime someone mislabels, I know, I'm a little I'm not boring, but I enjoy my St. Paul side. But so anytime <laughs> someone says that uh, the Minnesota Wild play in Minneapolis, the St. Paulites get all up in arms and say that's not true. Minneapolis has Every other team, every other professional team, except the Minnesota Wild, which is in St. Paul. So I think that's probably, I don't know. Again, Minnesotans just like to get up in arms about a lot of things. It's kind of funny to me.
1: <laughs> well, I
2: guess you'll like us then up here in Manitoba. That's yeah. good to know about the mini. I, I, I'll i even stop making my NFL picks weekly in an email that says mini over. I'll just do the it's nice Minnesota. nice to know that that's
0: offensive. Yeah
3: a hockey thing, too. Like, every visiting, like Marcus Bellino calls it mini all the time, and people on Twitter are just like, someone's got to tell him. And I'm like, I don't know. I think that's <laughs> my nickname to me, man. I don't know.
2: Just, hey, Marcus, I need a word. Just give him
0: a juicy Lucy yeah. and say, here you go, and cut with this mini stuff, and we'll just we'll move on with our
3: lives. <laughs> exactly.
0: Anyways, exactly. Uh, Jesse Pierce, thanks so much for it. You take care, okay? I'll talk to you soon.
3: No problem. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Bye-bye.
2: Jesse. Enjoy the
3: game.
1: Jets at noon on 680 CJOB.
0: Well, just some uh, news in in terms of Nick Ehlers uh just some news uh, he underwent surgery today to repair his uh sports hernia. Uh then we we knew this already, but at the time, um, estimated at six to eight weeks of recovery, that from Sara Leski with the Winnipeg Jets. Um so, so
2: yeah. be, because of the sports hernia, once the doctors get in there, that's when they say like okay, this is what we thought and it's six to eight weeks. Or they say, no, this was much worse than we anticipated and it's eight weeks or, you know, I mean, sorry, eight months, things like that.
0: Okay. So there you go. Nikolai Lear's uh, six to eight weeks, uh, I mean, honestly, we'll see him around the same time as uh, Mason Appleton likely, maybe a little bit earlier, maybe a little bit later uh, as he recovers from, from his uh, wrist surgery.
2: I just realized I just said six to eight weeks without Nick Ehlers is a good thing. It's not a good thing. I just mean it's the best news possible.
0: Well, no. This. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Like, it's good that it's it's not something more serious. Right, yeah. That's absolutely right. sports
2: hernias, like I said, I've, I, I, I've heard three months sometimes, and then it's like a year yeah, and stuff. Yeah, it can so. be bad. But, yeah, I mean, th- this will be interesting. This is a big game. Like, this is four straight against division rivals. Tomorrow we're going to talk about American Thanksgiving and that cutoff. Yeah. They'll be in a playoff spot regardless of the result tonight. But you should beat this Minnesota team. But it's not going to be easy. This is a rivalry, and th- this is a team that will play you tough. And, and look, we went through that year where the Jets should have beat the Minnesota Wild every game, and I think they didn't go get a win off.
0: Yeah, they had a, a tough time with them. That's for so, sure. So
2: this is a big win. And then you got to go to Dallas, which will be tough. Chicago and you come home to Colorado so again the proverbial four-point game starts tonight on the road they, they need a big uh, two points here did you know they call me Mr. Chicago I did not know that. Nobody. Why is that? No, I,
0: I keep telling people that. I, like I thought everybody. Mr. Knew shy that. Town?
2: Can they go that? I don't know. Just Mr. No Windy believes, City. No one
0: believes me. That's what they call me. Like every like everybody doesn't realize that. Um, Mr.
2: Save me a seat at the wood at the King's Head <laughs> in five fair. minutes.
0: No, it's not happening. Um, I gotta I gotta go somewhere. I gotta call else. you
2: Shy Town from now on. I see um, a guy. Hey, shy Town. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Uh, CEO of Cancer Care Manitoba Foundation, uh, Patty Smith, uh, popping on the show here to talk about the Hockey Fights Cancer Night, November 29th versus um uh, the Colorado Avalanche Tuesday. I, uh, hey, Patty, uh, thanks so much for joining us for a few minutes here.
1: Well, thanks so much for having me. Hi, Patty.
0: So h- how Hi. much <laughs> – hey, hey, hey. Uh, so so who does this campaign and Hockey Fights Cancer and, and all this thing with Winnipeg Jets, who does it benefit?
1: Well, Hockey Fights Cancer, as you know, is a wonderful NHL initiative. But in Manitoba, the Jets support uh, the work of pediatric clinical trials at Cancer Care Manitoba. And this is the 11th year that we've been um, – the fortunate uh, recipient of these funds at this incredible game.
2: And so how beneficial is this overall, Patty? Because we all see that this is a great initiative by the NHL. And and this is, uh, um, it, it's a it's a hard night because it's it's an awesome night, but it's also, I, I mean, one of the toughest nights riding that elevator with some of these kids that are involved and what they're mm-hmm. going through with their families. But that's why this is important and and how much this does benefit all the programs.
1: Well, you know, it's it's a great point, and I can tell you that we have five incredible ambassadors this year, ranging in age from about 3 to 14, and uh, the first in-person um, puck drop on the ice that we've been able to do for a number of years, so so this is a real high point for kids and families, um, but clinical trials and pediatric clinical trials are, when we talk about clinical trials, we talk about tomorrow's treatments today, and the success in sort of the cure rate for kids with cancer, over the last number of decades, has increased to eighty percent from uh-huh. what used to be twenty percent, and and that is a hundred percent because of things um, that have come out of clinical trials. So there's twenty percent of kids uh, for whom you know they still have you know a tougher prognosis ahead, but it's continuing investment into this. That uh, is helping us sort of make progress uh, with that additional population. So yeah. it's, it's, it's incredibly important.
0: Yeah, Patty, I mean, we' only got about 45 uh, more seconds here. Um, but maybe uh, t- maybe we'll have you on uh, you know closer to the day, maybe the day of the game, and we, we can talk mm. about this a little bit more to give it just some, some, some more airtime because I'm sure there's some stuff that, that Jim and I are gonna you know just not have time to ask you here. but uh, tell us about the, the the day, the November 29th. I mean, I know that there's a bunch of fundraising efforts uh, underway as well.
1: There's a lot of fundraising. Most notably, um, you can find everything on uh, biggestfans.ca. So people can make a donation to the Hockey Fight the Cancer campaign there. Also, the night of, the Jets have very kindly uh, seeded a pot with tw- with $20,000. The 50-50 raffle will all- also come back to CCMF. And there'll be a number of things on sale in the concourse, including a limited number of build bears made specifically with our uh, our ambassador kids and some of the Jets wives and hockey uh, Jets wives and girlfriends they did that last week so it's going to be a very exciting day and lots of opportunities for people to participate
0: yeah let's uh, patty let's let's talk again next week okay we'll bring you back on
1: 100 percent awesome Thanks, patty
0: yeah patty smith ceo of cancer care manitoba foundation
3: for most of us crime is something we see on the news
2: we never think it could happen to us until it does